The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. The PFF Podcast is brought to you by Lisa Mattress. Do you find yourself distracted, forgetting things, making mistakes at work? Sam. A quality night's sleep makes all the difference. The right mattress is the difference between resting and just laying down. The Lisa Mattress is the product of more than 30 years of experience in mattress engineering and hundreds of hours of testing. Comprised of three foam layers that provide cooling pressure relief, body contouring, and support, over 300,000 happy Lisa sleepers agree the Lisa mattress gives them the rest that they need. Order your Lisa mattress online at lisa.com slash PFF with the promo code PFF and try it risk-free for 100 nights. It ships direct to your door in a convenient box with free shipping and free returns. Find the right mattress for you at lisa.com slash PFF and get the rest you need tonight. Get up to $160 off the Lisa mattress or $235 off the luxury Sapira mattress and free shipping on the Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash PFF. Enter promo code PFF at checkout. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash PFF promo code PFF. Now, a word from our friends over at MyBookie. You guys have been hearing us talk about them all year. That's where we go to put a little wager down. We've been doing it all season. Trust me, guys, they've been in business for years. They've got great reviews online, and the mobile site is easy to use. So lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend this service to my listeners because they've been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to get to MyBookie. You win, they pay. In-game, live betting, they have it. Most rewarding player perks in the business, they have it. And for your fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So if your fantasy team is 0-5, you can still kind of play a little fantasy football over at MyBookie. So join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. This is a great deal. Use the promo code PFF to activate it. Visit MyBookie right now, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Use the promo code PFF. And you'll get your bonus. They will match you dollar for dollar. That's my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome in to the PFF NFL podcast. Sam Monson here. Steve Palazzolo over here. That's you first. I yeah. pointed to you. you Sam's over there. Steve's over here. 
We're back. Another pod. Hello, YouTube friends. Thanks for checking us out. Our YouTube views go up every week. Everybody love it. Loving watching us, I think. Why wouldn't they? We get the cool little background here, too. Yeah. You guys should check it out if you guys aren't watching the YouTube channel. And if you're only watching the YouTube channel, be sure to go download us and listen to, you know, on the way to work, while you're at the gym, whatever it is. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. It's week five time, Sam. No, week six. Shoot. Yeah. Week six. We're looking forward. We're going to hit every game one by one. Uh, let's discuss Thursday Night Football first. Is it my turn to pick? How are we doing? Yes. So, Explain you, what we've been doing. What we've been doing, typically most people are getting this podcast on Friday after, or at least Friday, after the Thursday night game has happened. But we're recording it on Thursday before the game has happened. So what we are doing is predicting the future from the past. Yes, exactly. So you nailed it. Your prediction was absolutely perfect. Last week, mine was pretty close as well. Now it's back to being your turn to predict the future from the past. Okay, so we've got Eagles at the Giants, yes. Thursday night football. You guys have already seen the game, but I'm going to tell you what I think are, what happened. What happened from yeah. the past or something? Uh, Brandon Graham, you and I had a, a friendly wager on Brandon Graham last year. I think I said he's going to have ten sacks this year, mm. uh, duplicating last year's sack total. This year he only only has one, so I'm behind in my sack. So I'm doubling down here. Or does he? He only has one per PFF numbers. As of Thursday. Oh, right. True. But now. But now he has four sacks. Uh-huh. Okay, because he just ate Chad Wheeler alive when he met up with him. He ate the guards alive when he rushed from the interior. Brandon Graham has three sacks. Eagles win against the Giants. Brandon Graham is the star of Thursday night football, okay. just like he was in the Super Bowl. Dude, we're going to look like geniuses if this comes off. I know, right? Again. Then we quit. Yeah. Then we're done. So that's your Thursday Night Football prediction. On the rest of the show, we're going to get into the biggest matchup of the week, of course, Chiefs and Patriots. We've got a great Steelers-Bengals preview. We've got the Dalton Coaster of the Week, the biggest mismatch of the week, the best marquee matchups of the week. It's all here on our Week 6 preview. So let's get into the fun, starting with the marquee matchup of the week, Sam. It has to be. It's the Chiefs and the Patriots. It's, it's really the whole game that's a great matchup, but more specifically, Patrick Mahomes... Chiefs offense going up against Bill Belichick and that Patriots defense. Yeah, and we, we've been talking all the season about how every Chiefs game is basically just going to look like an arena league game where it's all points, there's no defense, and if anything, it's getting worse. It's getting more in that direction because the Chiefs keep losing any defensive player they had of any kind of consequence. So Justin Houston is now down, their primary edge rusher. Amani Watts, their safety, who was playing really well, is down, meaning you're left with what? D Ford? Chris Jones and a bunch of guys nobody's heard of in the secondary because Eric Berry is still day-to-day for the seventh week in a row. Many, many days. 100 days of day-to-day. Right. For Eric. So, I, I mean, our, the boss, Chris Collinsworth, wandered into the office. This entire day, by the way, has been people informing Zach Robinson of other Chiefs players that aren't playing since he picked the Chiefs. He did, yeah. Um, but Chris walks in, he starts talking about this game, and he's saying... I don't know how the Chiefs stop the Patriots. Like, are they going to stop them at any point in this game? Or is it going to be like the only way they're going to stop that team driving is going to be a turnover? Um, and that's really what it comes down to. I, I think the Chiefs' offense, we've talked about all season, it does look dominant. It's capable of scoring at any time, even against top level defenses. They've been able to put up points, even, albeit not monster points like they did to other teams. But I think they'll score against the Patriots. But the question is, can their defense even stop the Patriots at any point with this Julian Edelman 
uh, Josh Gordon, Rob Gronkowski, all the weapons they now have. Like it's 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 arena league again. It's going to come down to possession. So that's the thing. As bad as the Chiefs' def- defense is, it's funny because they had the worst coverage grade in our grades. Now they're number seven after playing Blake Bortles in the rain last week. Yeah, that'll happen. That improved them a little bit. But New England's offense we saw last week, even though it was against a depleted Colts team, they're where they should be, right? With Julian Edelman and with Josh Gordon, with all those guys and the ability to move them around. That first drive that Brady had against the Colts, spreading the ball around, it's a screen here and it's a vertical pass there, and it's just doing everything through the pass game. They look like they're going to be tough to stop now. So I'll come back to this Mahomes versus the Patriots defense matchup. Mahomes has been incredible. He's our number four graded quarterback right now. The number I pulled out that I thought was fun was his grade outside the pocket, 93. That's pretty Outside good. the pocket. Well, that's, he has over 100 yards more than any other quarterback outside the pocket this year. That's what we said before is that that's what he did at Texas Tech. Like that, I think, is the thing he's best at right. of anything. And so that's why he's now – that's why he now draws these comparisons from me uh, to Aaron Rodgers which, because I don't know what the game plan is. Typically, the game plan is to get quarterbacks off their spot to move them to force them into uncomfortable situations. But if anything, he's better doing that than he is in the pocket. But he was doing really well in the pocket. So what do you do? So I think the Patriots are going to treat him the way they've treated Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in the past, which is to not let him out of the pocket, to really, because the Patriots do this a lot when they rush the passer anyway. They're not the team yeah. that gets up, flies up the field and just tries to get to the quarterback. They try to compress the pocket, you know, keep, keep contain and all that stuff. I think they're going to be extra focused on keeping contain, making Mahomes beat them from the pocket, where he actually has the number 15 PFF grade from the pocket now he's been now that a lot of that was last week he had his first two bad mm-hmm. interceptions and his numbers from the pocket aren't bad because of the screen game and a lot of the short stuff that kansas city can generate but i think if in in a game where you want to pick your poison i think they do try to compress the pocket keep him in there and just make him throw make him make throw after throw after throw and pick them apart and he'll still make special throws he'll still do his thing he did it last week against jacksonville and that was the worst game we've seen him play this year, and he still had four or five big-time throws. Did you see that Blake Bortles throw in the Kansas City game that was yes. like a knuckleball? Yeah, I think we, we've discussed this I don't know like an awful lot different places about this baseball pitches, but that one like spun in a spiral yeah. towards his. And I don't mean like the good spiral, with like the ball is spiraling. No, I mean was, the whole thing, like the path of the ball was a spiral. It was a straight knuckleball. It certainly was. That doesn't seem good. Yeah. Bad, you might say. It was bad. Mm. It was definitely bad. Yeah. Uh, so everyone is taking New England except for Neil taking yeah, Kansas and City and Zach. Zach taking Kansas City. But Zach has now since regretted that pick. Yes, because he keeps hearing about the guys that are down. Yeah. Um, over under in this game is 59. Uh, I would suggest go check out PFF Greenline. Yes. Because it they've a got a strong take on that over under. They have strong opinions on that. So if you have PFF Elite, go check out the green line picks on the Patriots Chiefs over under. One other thing of note, we keep talking about D Ford on the show pretty much every every week. Mm. Credit. Still to him. playing well. Leading the league in pressures. Yeah. Right and Leading he's more league. than halfway to his previous season best. Right. I think his previous season best is fifty three, some fifty four, yep. something like that. He's already at thirty. So he's the guy going up against Marcus Cannon. But most of the time at right tackle for the Patriots, that's a pretty good matchup to yeah. watch. But now there's no Justin Houston. There's just him. Steve Ford on the edge, and the Patriots are aware of that, and they're probably going to take him out of the game. Yeah. Like chip blocks all day. Yeah. Guys, pay close attention on Sunday Night Football. I think there should be some really good PFF nuggets, some data-centric nuggets that are going to be 
thrown up on the screen on Sunday Night Football, thanks to NBC and that crew. So uh, we're all taking the Patriots here. Should be a fun one on Sunday Night Football. That was one of the marquee matchups, Chiefs versus Patriots just as a whole. You have a very specific marquee matchup. You've been waiting all offseason for this one, I know, Sam. Yeah, William Jackson against Antonio Brown, three, because they faced, what, twice last year. Yeah, Um, Steelers at the Bengals. Yeah. Last year, one of the – so William Jackson last season had one of the most incredible statistical seasons we've seen from any cornerback ever. This season hasn't been so pretty. But last week, he was very good against, admittedly, Ryan Tannehill. It's going to help. But still, very good last week. Um, And more importantly, one of the most impressive statistical feats of his season last year was how he did one-on-one against Antonio Brown. Because nobody can bottle up Antonio Brown one-on-one. It's basically impossible. He's too good. He's amazing one-on-one. It's insane. But William Jackson one-on-one with him. Seven targets, no catches, four pass breakups. That's ridiculous that's, that's completely absurd and i was across two games and they weren't just lucky um incompletions they were plays where he was in tight coverage four pass breakups that was fantastic play this is the first time they're going up against each other one-on-one again let's see how it pans out yeah and then i tweeted out the stat earlier this week that antonio brown has 21 off target throws his we- his way this year mm-hmm. nine eight or nine more than the next closest guy so it's been a weird year for the steelers so Definitely want to see that matchup. I really want to watch Big Ben. we got to figure out, does he bounce back? Again, the output has been okay. A lot of yards. The stats aren't bad. He's just making – he's missing more throws than he ever has, and he's making more more bad decisions than he ever has. Third highest percentage of negatively graded throws, and those are typically just routine misses, underthrows, overthrows, all that kind of stuff. The two guys ahead of him – are both relatively struggling rookies. So Sam Darnold, who struggled for games, and Josh Allen, who struggled for all the time. Now, we're all taking Cincinnati except for Neil taking Pittsburgh. I don't, yeah. I don't feel great about it. No, I was surprised there's only one guy picking Pittsburgh yeah. in this game. I honestly just, my, my take on both teams, where I, I, I just think the home team's going to, I think they're going to split this year. I think the home team's going to win. And um, it will, I don't think the Bengals are really going to be are, are really a five and one team. So that's where I think I have yeah. some doubt that they're going to get to five and one. The whole AFC North could any team could beat any other team in the AFC North right now. It's true. There's a lot of I think parity in that division. So we'll see. The, the Steelers have a lot of uh, turning of the corner to do. I'll, I got this other nugget from Zach as well. Watching the Steelers last week against the Falcons, they stopped doing. They've been trying to get back to this. They've been trying to get to more of a man coverage type of scheme over the last couple of years they've dabbled in it mm. and every time they've dabbled in it it's been bad they're trying to do what other more advanced defenses are doing to be honest and last week he said they got back to more of their zone drop spot drop system which the patriots and some really good teams still pick apart but it keeps them in games against other teams they got back to that last week so we'll see if that's what they do against andy dalton and the bengals who dalton's throwing the ball pretty well so far this year speaking of dalton the, the dalton, dalton coaster. coaster that's our that's our intro that, to it we've got to have a better intro than that that's no we're going to record you singing dalton coaster no, and that's it no we've got to have a better no 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 do it again one no, more time no no we're not the, doing that no we're gonna uh, have to have some proper music can't have that okay dalton coaster music who you got all right Is it's it you it, first yeah well sure it's got to be dj fluker right guard from the seattle seahawks they did 
a pretty absurd job against the Rams. Like that was one. Was that even one of our biggest mismatches of the week last season? If it wasn't, it could have been. Or last week, last I mean, week yeah. If it wasn't, it could easily have been. I think it was. Um, we were expecting the Rams to tear that offensive line to ribbons. They didn't do it. They now, admittedly, there was a lot of runs, there was a lot of rollouts, a lot of moving Russell Wilson the hell away from the offensive line. Right. Um, but even so, one total pressure as a unit. No pressures at all from Fluker against Donald or Sue. Um, run blocked really well, was getting up onto the second level, onto those linebackers, taking them out of the game. That's probably the best game DJ Fluker's ever played in the NFL. That's not happening two weeks in a row. Not expecting it? No. Against the Raiders? Though, who's Well, Maurice Hurst, maybe. Maurice Hurst. I'm just saying it wouldn't matter if he was going up against you and me. He wouldn't be doing that two weeks in a row. True. Um, I will say all the caveats that you brought out about – roll in the pocket and everything. Russell Wilson didn't have a ton of dropbacks. So many of them were off of play action. Yep. I mean, they he didn't even scramble. He didn't even have a rushing attempt. It was just a – that was like bizarro Seahawks yeah. as far as style went. And they still, you know, almost came away from, with, with the victory against the Rams. One number to keep an eye on. Russell Wilson with play action this year, 12 yards per attempt mm-hmm. and a passer rating of 150. Is this right? 151.6? <laughs> Yes, 151.6. Okay, so we're talking about the biggest drop-offs from play action to non-play action. 12 yards per attempt, 151.6 passer rating. That's second in the NFL. With no play action, his yards per attempt almost cut in half, 6.4. And his passer rating drops, oh, 70 points, 82.5. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, so when, when we've been talking a lot about stability of metrics. The stable metric there is actually the no play action. That's like your purest drop back pass. The best quarterbacks usually rise to the top and stay more consistent. I'm not saying Russell Wilson's not great. I'm just saying one number is going to be hard to maintain that 151 passer rating off play action. I'm also saying, hey, run more play action, as always. Run more play action, Seahawks, because it, it works for everybody. It's you also a good strategy. You also have a note in this game that it's a 9 a.m. game for both teams. Oh, yeah, I did write that note down. Because this is a Wembley game, yeah. London. So in London, you're uh, almost neck of the woods. Almost, yeah. It's closer. Different country, but sure. Ireland's closer to Wembley than it is to Cincinnati. Yes, that is very true. Yeah. Um, but I, what, they're sending two West Coast teams to London to it's play. It's the only fair way to do it. You can't say you can't send a West Coast and an East Coast team to face each other. I mean, then it's and nine, and then it's a nine a.m. game for only one team. You can, and they have, but two West Coast teams. Schlepp all the way to London to play at 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Harsh. Their time. It's a 1 o'clock Eastern time game. Yeah. 10 a.m. It's a 10 a.m. game for them. Sorry. Oh, you didn't even calculate it right? Nope. 10 a.m. for them. I believe it is. Yeah. Seahawks at the Raiders. We're all taking the Seahawks. Wait. Hang on. Is it? It's three-hour difference. To Yeah, to Eastern time. Right. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, so we all have Seattle winning this game. Uh, what's the so – we got the Seattle O-line who's better – but still not great against the Raiders D-line. They can't get anywhere. Hmm. What's that going to look like? Except Maurice Hurst, who's been playing well the last Keep two weeks. Keep an eye on Maurice Hurst in this one. All right, let's fly through some other. Oh, no, I've got one other. My Dalton Coaster. Oh, yeah? My Dalton Coaster is Desmond Trufant of the Atlanta Falcons. Even though the Falcons got torched last week, he was one of our few players that graded at 90-plus. By the way, did you see the video that the NFL Twitter account put out? Uh, yeah, of our top, the 90-plus graded players at PFF last true font was on there, yeah. which is what reminded me of it. We had the almost interception of Ben Roethlisberger. It was one of Roethlisberger's hidden 
turnover-worthy plays that just yes. goes down the box score is 0 for 1, but threw it basically straight to Desmond Trufant, who actually did a really good job mirroring Antonio Brown uh, on an end zone route. It was kind of in, what the hell was it? It was like a sort of double move in and then out deal, but yeah. Trufant read it perfectly, turns around, almost picked off the pass, didn't, therefore it didn't happen, and everybody thinks Ben Roethlisberger played great. Well, no, because Ben threw a pick on the next play, too. So, again, that was part of our whole analysis. He threw back-to-back throws that were just as bad. In our system, yeah. they get the same, but also, pretty much the same back Yeah, so rate. it's two. It was, it was two, twi- it was, it was two right. terrible plays on, in a row, but he nearly gets charged for one of them. Exactly. Also had another terrible forced uh, throw, just in a double coverage. Heaved it down the middle of the field straight to Falcons defenders. Negated by penalty, I believe. Yeah. Which the, the underthrown was penalty. awful. Yeah. Grinds your gears. Uh, Desmond Trufant. The last three weeks, 51 grade in week three, 43 grade in week four, and then a 90 grade mm. last week. That is Dalton Coastery. Uh, so this week going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are coming off of a bye, and the Bucks receivers. You got some Deshaun Jackson coming your way. You got some Mike Evans coming your way, some Chris Godwin. It's going to be a challenge. We'll see what happens with Trufant. I'm not necessarily predicting him going back down. It's more recognizing the last few weeks have been Coasterish. No fits magic anymore, though. Well, Jameis is better anyway. This I'm just is, saying, Jameis never did what Fitzmagic did the first few weeks of the season. This is, uh, this is Jameis' time. It's Jameis' time right here, Sam. It's always Jameis' Breakout time season, you. part three. Uh, we're all taking Atlanta to bounce back here, is that right? Except Gordon. Except Gordon, taking Tampa Bay. Keeping the faith. In the Dome in Atlanta. So that's right. a big part of it, right? It is. Oh, you're you, using Mr. my Dome, dome guy? You're using my Dome analysis. Yeah, Atlanta, they're back in the Dome, so they're going to roll. Did if you guys listened to the pod, you saw what my did I give the Matt Ryan numbers? I'm almost certain you've given those numbers. Let's go. Oh, let me oh, go. Ch- no, not again. Let me go find them. Kill some time. Okay, great. Uh, after this game, we're going to be hitting on Chicago, Miami, Los Angeles, and Cleveland. Before we get to the biggest mismatch of this week, which won't be the Seahawks offensive line against anybody. All right, let me read Matt Ryan's grades. Yeah, straight out of PFF Premium. He's played two games in Pennsylvania, at Philadelphia, at Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, that's where he's played. At Philadelphia, week one, he was a 47.5. That's not good. No. Last week, he was a 56 at Pittsburgh. That was not good. No. Sandwiched in between there, three games. Games not in at Pennsylvania. At home, in a dome, in Georgia. He's only played in Georgia and Pennsylvania <laughs> so far this year. Matt Ryan and the Falcons. He was a 78, uh, you an need, 80, and a 78. Those you, are all very good grades in need, the Dome. You need to tweet out Matt Ryan's splits this year in Pennsylvania versus Georgia. Okay, we'll, we'll send that tweet out. That's definitely – that's one that's going to go viral. And then our millions of listeners are going to retweet it and make it go viral. Make sure you guys go get to Twitter. Find at PFF Steve and retweet by Matt Ryan. Make sure you check out Steve's poll on Twitter. Matt, <laughs> hey, Joe, the poll's, the poll's done. It expired a couple, <laughs> a couple days ago. Uh, oh, we we recorded this live on YouTube live on Monday, and it was just the first time we actually wanted to cut something. <laughs> and here we are. All right, we're gonna fly through a few more games. Chicago Bears at the Miami Dolphins. What are you watching for here, Sam? Uh, Ryan Tannehill at the moment is playing like a bad budget Ryan Tannehill impersonator that somebody found on Yelp. <laughs> like, I mean, what? That's not in your notes, but that's good. Is is that gonna stop? I mean. He's terrible at the moment. His overall PFF grade right now is, what, 54? That's like 20 points lower than his career baseline. Yelp Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Yelp Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill is playing like crap, and it's costing the Dolphins wins. Yeah, he's been... And now he's going up against one of the best defenses in the league. Some very poor decisions over the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, uh, I want to see uh, Mitch Trubisky if he's for real. He's he, they had a bye last week. Two weeks ago, he had the best game of his career by far. Threw six touchdowns. Was as good as those crazy numbers would have indicated. And I want to see him specifically matched up against the Dolphins linebackers, guys like Jerome Baker, Raekwon McMillan, Kiko Alonso. Uh, two out of those three have below average coverage grades so far this season. Who's the one that doesn't? Uh, did I miss? Who is it? <laughs> no, they're all below average. Sorry. I was looking at Chase Allen, who only had 19 snaps. So okay. Jerome Baker, so 58. They're all bad. Raekwon McMillan, 58. Kiko Alonso, 51. Average more in that 65 to 68 range. Yeah. So when you've got this Bears offense that's all about misdirection and motion and all that stuff, yeah, linebackers running all over the place, that's going to be a big matchup to watch. Highest number of RPOs in the league right now, the Chicago Bears. Not surprising. No. I mean, it's what we thought heading into the season, but that's going to stress linebackers as well. So that's what people are watching for in that game. The Bears are going, they're playing the, the Patriots the next week. So if they take care of business, that's uh, another marquee matchup there. Everybody's taking Chicago, except for Gordon, taking the Dolphins at home, expecting a bounce back from the 3-2 and two Dolphins. Mm. Next game, Los Angeles Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. What are you watching for here, Sam? Same thing every week. Yeah, Baker. This is suddenly a really fascinating matchup, right? Because the Browns are actually legit now. They're not just – they're not the Browns. They Baker transforms this team into a pretty decent unit. They just beat Baltimore. I still see people using passer rating. Yeah. Well, I still see people silly. trying to say that he's playing mediocre football. No. I don't want to mention who. So, Baker Mayfield has the highest drop rate in the National Football League right now. Yep. Um, he has 12 drops already, which ranks like fifth, and he's only been playing for two and a half weeks. So, his receivers have been letting him down from start to finish, plus no Rashad Higgins right now. So, oh. their best receiver is down. Which means you're left with this, you know, disaster of guys like Antonio Callaway just dropping everything that heads in his direction. Callaway will be fine. He'll Baker be fine. Mayfield has been playing way better than the stats would indicate. Plus, the play calling has been hanging him out to dry with all of this run, run, Baker bail us out on third and long. Like, that's not helping. So, Mayfield's been playing significantly better than the box score stats would suggest. If nothing else, the drops catapult him into a much better position. Um, like, you know, at one point... With not last game, the game before that, he started the game 0 for 3 with a pick 6, and all three of them hit receivers in the hands. Yeah, that was like, that's the kind of deal you're talking about when you're looking at what Baker Mayfield has done. So he's playing perfectly fine. Yeah. Use PFF grades. Don't, you, don't look at the stats. Don't listen to the talking heads. Thank you. Uh, yeah, nice. it is an intriguing game. I actually picked the Browns because this feels like one of those... You did. This feels like one of those games. The Chargers are traveling, and I the Browns to. are forcing a ton of turnovers. Yeah. I don't know if they can keep it up. They're they're just they're being they're being tough on quarterbacks. Philip Rivers is playing great, but he's also like a little garbage time in there, a little tearing up the Raiders in there. I just feels like this one. This is one of those games yeah. where the Chargers just go Charger on you. Of course, you did think that last week as well. Did I? Yeah. Um, I. What did I say? I don't know. You said exactly. The same I did thing not last take week. the Chargers against the Raiders last week. No, but you said it was one of these games they were gonna. Anyway. No, I didn't. Oh, I'm, I'm going to say it every Not week, on the maybe. podcast, but you definitely said it at some point. I I was close to picking the Browns in this game. I ended up going with the Chargers. But the, the multiple people, you, Zach, uh, Gordon, have all picked the Browns. I think I think every week now with the Browns is going to be an interesting watch because I think they're actually a legitimately good team. Like I said, I think the AFC North almost has complete parity right now. I think all four yeah. of those teams are about the same level, and they're all pretty good. Bunch of Baker homers over here. But Denzel yeah. Ward, the other guy to note, when he lines up against Keenan Allen, uh, the matchup to watch in this game. Denzel Ward currently number two 
among all cornerbacks in coverage grade. His coverage numbers have been pretty crazy the last couple of weeks. He started off, I don't want to say rough, but he allowed some yardage in the first couple of weeks. But over the past couple, he has allowed almost nothing. Uh, where is his numbers? Talk, Steve. Talk. Yeah, so right Wait. now, this year, he's, he's got three interceptions, two pass breakups, passer rating of 55.7 into his coverage. 52.7. But wait, here's a nugget. Denzel Ward and Minka Fitzpatrick, the mm-hmm. two rookies, rookie first-round corners, tied for the league lead among corners, eight missed tackles apiece. Oof. All That's right. a lot. So those first two weeks, uh, gave up a touchdown in each of those games, gave up at least six catches in each of those games, gave up at least 50 yards in each of those games. The three subsequent games... Week three against the Jets allowed catches, two catches for nine yards. So that's pretty good. Uh, week yes. four against the Raiders was targeted six times, allowed one catch. Uh, week five against the Ravens was targeted 14 times wow. and gave up five catches and had a pick. So a passer rating of 20, 19.9 into his coverage, which is what, Steve? What's a passer rating of 20? Worse than throwing the ball into the dirt there you every go. single So time. 14 targets allowed a catch on 35.7% of those plays. So the last three weeks he's been on absolute fire and making that decision to take him over Bradley Chubb look smarter by the week. Oh, wait. I haven't checked Bradley Chubb's sack totals either. Okay. Somebody needs to do that. I mean, they're not high. Compared to, uh, compared to Derwin James. Compared to Derwin. Oh, man. This is, this is relevant. Because you got Derwin going up against the Browns, and it could have been Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb is still at two sacks. And Derwin still has at least three. Yeah. So Derwin has three sacks, so he's ahead still. Derwin is still the best pass rusher between him and Bradley Chubb. Confirmed. Confirmed. Gennard Avery, by the way, also has two sacks. There you go. As does Marcus Davenport. They're all as good as Bradley Chubb. Yeah. All right, it's time for our biggest mismatches of the week. Starting with you, Sam, what's your biggest mismatch of the week that you'll be looking at? Uh, the Bills' offensive line against the Texans' defensive line. I mean, oh, no. Yeah. That's going to go bad. J.J. Watt, Davian Clowney. Yeah. Against the Bills' O-line. Yeah, and Josh Allen's passer rating, play, everything, went under pressure, has been horrendous. Do you know his passer rating off? Six? Six. Yeah. Point seven. Okay, 6.7. It's the point seven 6.7 that makes all the difference. 6.7. Six would be terrible. 6.7. That's okay. To be fair, mm-hmm. he's had five drops under, sure. on those under What's pressure it, passes. great under pressure isn't good either. Uh, no, it's not. I don't have that directly in front of me. Let's check no. that out. It's not good, though. So the Bills are going to give up an absolute ton of pressure. J.J. Watt is looking not all the way back to being J.J. Watt, but you know, 90% of the way there, which means he's doing some damage. Josh Allen under pressure, a 33.9 grade. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's a 63.4 with no pressure. Yeah. But he's 6 for 38 with three interceptions under pressure. So according to grading, at least, you make Josh Allen twice as bad by pressuring him. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that is a mismatch to take a look at. Texans against the Bills. I think we're all taking – are we all taking Houston here? There's some yep. Bills believers. No, everybody at Houston. That's interesting because – the Bills, again, are going to be that sneaky team that's going to play some defense. So I want to, I want to watch the other side of the ball with Tredavious White and DeAndre Hopkins when they get to match up. Even though it's not a pure man system with Buffalo, when they do match up in zone, off coverage, whatever it might be, it's still a good one. Um, Hopkins, again, has that knack even when he's tightly covered. Given the ball, he's going to make the catch, and he's just playing some great football. Yeah, right him now. against Byron Jones last week was a pretty fun matchup. It was. Tredavious White is a much smaller cornerback than Byron Jones, but I think, if anything, he's as physical, if not more, 
Yeah. So it's going to be kind of interesting to watch that he happen. He out-physicaled out Gronk last right. year for so an interception. Yeah. yeah. So that'll that'll be a good one. Uh, most of us, all of us taking Houston. Uh, the other big mismatch of the week that I'm going to highlight now, it's the Jaguars at the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys receivers, playmakers against the Jaguars back seven, specifically their DBs. Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye against the whoever the Cowboys are throwing at them at receiver. There's no name. There's nobody there. And your note here is Bortles in a dome, no rain this week. Yes. Now, I, the rain thing, right? It was raining to start the game. The rain dried up pretty quickly. And the reason you know that is because at the start of the game, everybody is barehanded. Nobody's wearing receiving gloves. And it consistently blows my mind that like modern technology is not conquered rain as a concept for receiving gloves or they're not great receiving gloves for rain right and not only are they not great they're terrible they're so bad like catching a football they all just rip them out they're like no i can't have any it's better to do it barehand right and catching a football in the rain barehand is terrible but it's still better than doing it with receiving gloves that's how bad football receiving gloves are in the wet they're just like they're actually slippery to be fair the boss chris right he never wore gloves is that right I mean, yeah. All the old highlights I see it. You know, he's got the big-ass elbow pads. Yeah. No gloves. No, all the old people. Like, Dallas Clark didn't wear gloves. Yeah. But, you know, people do now because they're better. Like, they're sticky. Dwight Clark? No, Dallas Clark, right? Oh, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. The Colts tight end. True. He was one of, like, three guys in the league who did that Making me think like I'm an idiot. Um, It's like the Donald Stevenson award. Like, people back in the day didn't wear receiving gloves because they probably weren't very good. Yeah. But now they're really good. Like, I don't know if you've... Have you got any kind of experience, Steve, stuffing your giant monstrous hands into those SeaTac cutters receiving gloves? Uh, I think I've experimented with them a little bit. Because those things... I find many that fit. Those, no, I, that doesn't shock me. Those things are actually, like, they will stick together. If you just put oh, yeah, the two they're... gloves together, they won't come apart right. again. Like, those things are insane. But if, but wet, if you put water on them, they're like... It's, they're, they slip. It's like right. being on ice. They should just be dry gloves, and there should be... Rain gloves. And the thing is, people have, work. people have like experimented with them. I've seen these ones that look like tire tread. They've got like little grooves and stuff cut into mm-hmm. them. They're as bad. They're, if anything, they're worse. Really? So people universally almost have decided that when it's wet, we take off the gloves, we catch bare hand. But they had the gloves back on by at mm. least the second quarter. In fact, I think it was only like a couple of drives into the game. Good sleuthing there. The gloves were back on, and yet Bortles is still out there like flinging knuckleballs into the dirt. I don't think you can blame the rain. That's what I'm this saying. This is bounce back. This is a bounce back against uh, against the Cowboys back seven. Your boy Leighton Vander Esch playing pretty well. Jalen Smith yeah. got a lot of publicity the other night dude, for a he's couple of big well. plays. Yeah, dude, he's looks good from a athleticism standpoint and all that stuff. I did like though that <laughs> the play everybody that was everybody was tweeting this one play from like a sky cam behind the, the behind the Dallas defense when they're backed up towards their own end zone. He chases down Deshaun Watson in the flat. You're like, okay. It was a really nice play. Having said that, it's the most Jalen Smith play ever. All he had to do was run the straight line over there. <laughs> but he did it fast. I mean, yes, it was a great play, but come on. He literally just needed to turn to his left and run a straight line towards the sideline and then hit the quarterback at the end of it. Back to my mismatch real quick. The Cowboys do not have any receiver with over 200 yards this season. Leading receiver Cole Beasley with 193 yards. Uh, Jeff Swaim at tight end has come out of nowhere pretty much to catch 14 for 159. Uh, but, yeah, this is the big question mark. They've this year been trotting out guys like Deontay Thompson, Cole Beasley, who I mentioned, Tavon Austin, Michael Gallup against 
Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye, and all those you know good safeties and linebackers. This I think is a really big season defining kind of game for Dallas. They obviously just things didn't go well against Houston, and they kind of essentially choked on fourth and down with the game on the line, punted it away, lost. Mm-hmm. Now they get a chance to right the ship, but it's against a really good Jacksonville defense rolling into town. Right, and if they lose, they're suddenly in kind of a hole. But it's at home in the dome. They got a chance. Yeah, where there's no rain. No rain. So for both Bortles. quarterbacks. Yeah, for so both quarterbacks. Bortles won't just be slinging knuckleballs into the dirt. We're all taking Jacksonville except for Nathan, who's leading the picks, by the yeah. way, and Neil, both taken down. Neil just Wait, has no, a different pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, different right. pick for everybody right. so far. All right, Indianapolis Colts at the New York Jets. What are we looking for here, Sam? The Henry Anderson revenge game. Henry Anderson should have been a star for the Indianapolis Colts. Tore his knee up. Hasn't been the same player since. But he's slowly creeping back. Not towards average, Steve. Creeping back towards good. Towards where Henry Anderson That defines Henry pretty well. Slowly creeping into the pocket for a pressure. Slowly creeping back to good. Um, So, you know, I'm going to be watching Henry because I like a good bit of Henry Anderson. Nice. Uh, Henry's playing pretty well. I'm going to be watching Quentin Nelson, the rookie guard, for the Colts. And then he'll get a few matchups with Leonard Williams yeah. all along that defensive front for the Jets. The other thing, the other reason this game's worth watching is that if the Colts lose, you know, two, three more players in their defense, they might be phoning you up to, oh, yeah. to get you on the field. They're hurting. They're like, hurting. You could get a game by the end of this. I'm just saying that's worth keeping I'm ready. an eye I'm, on. We're two hours away. Yeah. I'm ready. Uh, not from I could be York. the next Marcus Hunt. It's, it's, at, it's at the Jets. I'm just saying from Indianapolis in general. I'm not expecting that's to call true. this week. No, this week? Okay. I'm just saying in the future. That's fair. Uh, pretty split across the board or only two? No, three people taking Indy. I'm one of them. You are not. You're taking the Jets. Oh, boy. Yeah. A big disagreement. I was one of the few people to take the Jets last. I was the only person to take the Jets last week. They played a good ball game against yeah, well the done. Denver Broncos. That leads us nicely into the weekly captain reading. Let's go. What's he got? Because the Colts are playing the Jets, as we know. So, cue the music. By the way, the captain is now selling T-shirts. He's selling Got Squirrel Oil T-shirts. He is? He is. I'll buy those. Absolutely. The T-shirt kind of looks terrible, though. I would actually be much more inclined to buy a T-shirt that just had the captain's face on it. Just the the, the Civil War captain. Speaking of T-shirts, uh-huh. great time to ask our listeners no, if they want no, a big-time, hashtag big-time throw shirts, Stop. they'll buy them. Stop talking over the captain read. The music is still going on. You're ruining Oh, oh go ahead. Right. Big-time throw, hashtag. Shh. Dearest Mother, I have received your care package of peppered skunk tails and dried mouse ankles. The unit reached New York only to be informed that the aircraft men wanted to battle in New Jersey. Frustrating. Their indecisiveness may be due to what I'm told is severe gangrene. You get it? Gangrene? Very good. Yeah. Andrew. I think a peppered skunk tail shirt might be better than the squirrel oil shirt. It's just it's it's all done in like fancy cursive writing font, and it's just I'm like just, I'm not look, I'm not wearing that. Oh yeah, but you, you put the captain's face on the t-shirt. I'd I'd wear that. You just got to use the old got milk block text. Right, right. I I mean, that's how they did it. I wouldn't I wouldn't go with the got squirrel oil thing personally. If I was running the and the captain's page, I would go with the Andrew neckbeard in the Civil War uniform, and I would just put that on a t-shirt. That's what I do. Well, we'll see. Hopefully but I don't they, have. Maybe they'll take your advice. I don't have 330,000 followers. What the hell do I know? I know. Seriously. I would go hashtag big time throws. Let's go. We're going to fly through the rest of the games, okay? Give us. We're going to do one matchup to watch, each of us, in each of the games. And then something that grinds your gears. Yeah. Coming up. I can't wait so for that So if your one. team hasn't come up yet, stick with us. We're getting there. Arizona getting Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings, Sam. What are we looking for? 
The Vikings, will their defense roll against a bad offense and a bad offensive line in particular? The Cardinals' offensive line is terrible. Um, Josh Rosen made some mistakes, but he's still looking decent given yeah. what they've put in front of him. The Vikings' defense looked better, not perfect against Philadelphia, but it did make some plays. It started looking like the team that we thought they would be rolling into the season. Linval Joseph scored one of the best fat guy touchdowns you're ever going to see. He was moving. Right? I didn't, how did he not get caught from behind? He ran like 60-something yards. Because they said he was running like 19 miles an hour or something. That's, I guess, fast. I mean, it's pretty fast, but I would have thought a small guy could get there. Nope. Whatever. Linval's a great athlete. He is. At 325. Also, Diggs and Thielen against Patrick Peterson. That's the one, right? That's yeah. the matchup. Figs and Thielen. Uh, Thielen. Figs and Dillon? Diggs and Thielen. Oh, I just threw Treshman, dude. You did, yeah. You, you had the best fruit treshman in the nation yeah those first year players in college right. is what you were saying that and time you've got figs and dealing they digs and Thielen shirts i'm never calling too. them anything other than figs and dealing <laughs> christian kirk versus mike hughes on the other side is one i want to see two rookies kirk had the 75 yard touchdown last week he'll move around a little bit hughes has been looking pretty good for the vikings so i want to see that matchup we're all taking the vikings in this one yeah Moving on to the Carolina Panthers at the Washington Redskins. Will that Washington defense stop busting crazy coverage? That's what I want to see, too. That's my notes, essentially. (laughs) What's going on with the Redskins? (laughs) What are they doing? That defense should be good. It's got a really good defensive front. It's got some talented players in the secondary. If they could all just agree what coverage they're running from one play to the next. The Drew Brees game went our record breaker, essentially, was everybody's playing cover three except Josh Norman's cover, uh, playing cover two. And if you could picture this, I mean, when you have one guy playing a different coverage, there's yeah. just a massive wide open spot, and that's where Drew Brees Particularly when that one guy is supposed to be occupying a third of the field right. on you know, the, the coverage they're supposed to be running. So it wasn't great. And Norman uh, subsequently got benched in that game. Right. I'm not saying one is connected with the other, but, you know, do the math. Look, I don't know the play call. But Josh Norman, well, also one guy was running not. something different than everybody else. Josh Gordon then got benched. Norman, I don't know what went wrong, but if I was a betting man, Norman also didn't know the play call. Is the problem? Yeah. Um, he also couldn't get out of his own jersey after the game. Did you see that? That was bad. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Good little viral post game video. Uh, can't figure out Carolina here because when our guys were putting the power rankings together, they were like, "Hey, we've got four really good teams in the NFL. Who's number five? And I think the numbers pointed to Carolina, mm-hmm. almost by default. <laughs> so I want to know, week in, week out, are they really that good? They're playing some efficient football on offense. Cam is still playing like Cam. They're using McCaffrey well. And they've just got this knack for having a no-name defense that kind of gets the job done every year. Yeah. How do they do that? I don't know. So I just want to learn more about just Carolina. Want, just want to learn more. That's what I want to see okay. here. Steve's uh, watching that game to learn. Just to learn more about what the Panthers are. And I, lo- I just love watching how they use McCaffrey and, and how much they're going to use him. McCaffrey versus Adrian Peterson? Is he is banged he up? P- yeah, he's definitely banged up. I don't is know he if he's out, out though. Uh, a lot of people taking Washington in this one, expecting a bounce-back game at home, not believing in Carolina. I'm taking the Panthers, and you're taking the Skins. I'm taking Washington because I have to write a Washington Post column every week about the Redskins, and it's way harder when they suck. So as a, you're now a Washington Post columnist, yeah. Col- yeah. yeah. You're an actual columnist week week in, week out. Right. Yeah. So you have to be biased. That's going on the, the resume. That's right. <laughs> Washington Post columnist. <laughs> Proud of you, Sam. You do, <laughs> you do some great work. Thank you. Over there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next game, Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. It's in the 4 o'clock window, Sam. We're going to be talking about it, I think, for Sky Sports. What are you looking for here? So Joe Flacco is is gone. He's gone away from the really good start to the season. Now he's gone back to the sort of Flacco coaster. Um, he's got three grades so far in the 80s, 
which Back are good, on the road. very good numbers. Um, but then he's also got a 39 and a 61 against Cincinnati and Cleveland. So the Titans' defense is good. Yeah. Is Joe going to play bad? Is he going to play good? What the hell is he doing? What is Joe Flacco? Year in, year uh, out. Joe Flacco. Usually not that good on the, ro- uh, on the road. I'm going to be watching the trenches. Jarrell Casey, who's our number five interior defensive lineman right now, 90.4 against Marshall Yonda. Yes. Best guard in the league. Jarrell Casey will move around the defensive front a little bit, but there should be plenty of one-on-one matchups to watch. Great one-on-one matchup. In that one. I'm taking Tennessee. You're taking Baltimore. Now we're starting to disagree. Yeah. A couple games in a row we're starting to disagree. We need to because you overtook me last week. You have a lot of games game. to catch up. You're one game up. That's a lot of games to catch up. So this week we'll, uh, we'll separate us again, I think. Uh, we've got a pretty split group across everybody in the PFF picks as well couple more games to get through. Los Angeles Rams at the Denver Broncos. What are you looking for? Just really that simple Rams offense versus Denver defense. Denver's defense, I think, has done as good a job as anybody slowing down Patrick Mahomes. They weren't able to slow him all the way down, but they did a pretty good job. Um, the Rams offense, nobody's been able to stop. It's been just just a steamroller wrecking people. So how are they going to do? Are they going to be able to replicate what they did to Mahomes? Are they just going to get schemed to death and it's game over? That's what I'm looking for. The Broncos are a weird team because I think they're still talented on defense, not nearly what they were a few years ago. Yeah. But because it's a different scheme, I think they really are week to week. In a given week, they get the most out of their talent schematically. Other times they just get torched. So this it is one of those games where, hey, they could do they could do a good job like they did against Mahomes. We got to figure out what the enigma that uh, Vaughn Miller has become. Yeah, we have to figure that out. He's now our number forty-five ranked edge defender. He's always a top three player. Yes, in, as among edge defenders. So in the middle of the worst three game stretch since his rookie season. Yeah, but when you look at it, you can kind of you can explain them away, right? One of them is going against Mitchell Schwartz, who has a history of shutting down Von Miller, dating back to when he was a Cleveland right tackle. Yep. Um, one of them was this past week where the Jets just ran on them all game. He barely f- saw any pass attempts. When he did, they were. Stuff that wasn't really pass rush attempt friendly, um, so really we're only talking about one, you know, get one game where he's just disappeared, which has happened in his career before. Right. The fact that two more have been stacked on top of that looks bad when you just say three bad games on the bounce, but you can explain two of them away as things you wouldn't think are unusual looking at his career history. So, but this game, like if he doesn't show up again this week, now you're, I mean, what that that's a serious thing. Rob Havenstein's pretty good. Yeah, tackle, but not though, good so to the point where you'd expect Von Miller to get shut down. Right, but Havenstein, a decent matchup over at right tackle, so yep. I'll be keeping an eye on that. I think we're all taking the Rams. Is anybody going Ooh, Denver? everyone Rams. All right, and then Monday Final Night game. Football. Last game, Monday Night Football. The San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. The Niners have... This is Monday Night Football? So the Niners have a bunch, or had a bunch, of primetime games and lined Jimmy up. Jimmy G went, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to continue to get... They already got, um, whatchamacallit? kicked off a Sunday night what am I flexed flexed off a Sunday night football you can't flex Monday games so we're stuck with CJ Beathard against Aaron Rodgers stuck kicked ahead of the spot um Green Bay's defensive line is nasty yeah like Kenny Clark's still really good Mike Daniels is always really good uh San Francisco's offensive line has got some problems though 12-year veteran Mike McGlinchey had a fantastic game this highest highest run blocking grade among tackles this year there you go their problems, though, are inside, which is where they're going to get really beat up on by those guys. Um, that could be the kind of mismatch that wrecks that game. Like yeah. C.J. Beathard, I think, is he's not terrible, right? He's vaguely okay, 
But if he's going to get pressure up his, uh, up the middle in his face all game, he's toast. Also, you got the Mike Pettin schemes from the Rex Rex and Rob Ryan scheme um, tree, where you just overload blitzes and a lot of stuff that young quarterbacks seem to struggle with at yep. times. Uh, I want to see Aaron Rodgers and Richard Sherman on the same field again. Rodgers, every time they played Seattle back in the day, didn't really target Sherman a whole lot, which is fine. I mean, you could have success without doing that. Sherman's putting up some ridiculous pure stats this year, even though he's getting beat. He's gotten beaten a few times, and then the QBs keep missing throws, so he's only given up one catch all season. If he doesn't get targeted again this week, then I'm not answering my DMs. I'm just not. I'm going to get it'll – be, it'll, be it'll be Monday night, like midnight West Coast time, and I'm going to get a DM drop in from Richard Sherman saying, I didn't give up anything this week. Why is my you – know, where's my grade? Is my grade up at the 80s? Just to be fair, <sighs> just, just to explain. I'm just, Richard Sherman is just... At that point, I'm just sending him to you. He's inquisitive about his grade. One word to describe it. That's what he is. Yes. That's all. Like last week, he got beaten multiple times, and Rosen kept missing throws. Yeah. So it shows up in the grade. It doesn't show up in the stats. He's only been targeted officially, what, eight times this year? Something, I think it is. Yeah. A couple of them man. negated by penalty, but he's only given up one catch all season. So something to keep an eye on. Does Aaron Rodgers continue? To avoid Richard Sherman. Please, Aaron Rodgers, target Richard Sherman so that I can at like least. Like 20 times. So we got some nice. Whatever it is. Any amount, I'm some fine. fodder. With, just so long as I can, you know, answer with something. All right. Time for what grinds Sam's gears. I see you've got something written down here. I do, do you have multiple things written down here? Or is no, that they're all different? the same thing. They're just to give me, you know, notes as I go along. All right. What grinds your gears, Sam? Well, beyond Richard Sherman DMing me on a weekly basis. Um, th- so every time you put something out, right, there's always that one guy, right? And the one guy is generally the thing at the moment that's grinding my gears. So, for example, posted a video of George Kittle blocking a guy 15 yards off the ball. It was a, a run that only went for seven. But it was the run started on the 15-yard line. 15-yard line was the line of scrimmage. They literally collapsed in the end zone. That was how far George Kittle took Antoine Bethea. And then there's one guy who comes back. Everyone, you know, re- looks this. Amazing block, George Kittle, fantastic, blah, blah, blah. That's the general run of this thing. Then there's one guy who goes, but he got tossed at the end. Like, dude, what, that, how is that the point? So there's always that one guy, right? The, the Bortles knuckleball thing, right? That was Basically, it did get to the receiver, but it was traveling in such a ridiculous knuckleball fashion that it was almost impossible to catch. And this one guy's going, I mean, he put it on the guy. Drop. Punters would kill for that end-over-end end rotation <laughs> that makes it, makes it difficult to catch. Or you post a picture of a fantastic block or whatever. There's the one guy going, holding. Like, there's just always one a- every time you post anything. Everybody's going one way. Everybody can see it for what it is. And then there's one guy who comes in and goes, eh, but You're calling it's him the you- yeah, but guy. Yeah, but guy. The yeah, but guy is what's grinding my gears at the moment. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's gear grinding. It is. You got one, right? You got a, Did I have one? You got a yeah, butt guy who was colorblind. Oh, come on. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to call him out on this. Steve, that's office. <laughs> that's office fodder Steve only. Steve posted a a picture of uh what is it? A heat, uh, not a heat map, uh, a target map, right? Of what was it? Patrick Mahomes' color-coded target map. All of Patrick Mahomes' uh targets when he was outside of the pocket just on a field. And all of our things like that are done color-coded. It's so green like, for completion. Right. Red for interception, yellow for incompletion. This guy replied to Steve, having essentially monochromized, mono, whatever, turned up monochrome, um, 
where they're all just various gradations of black and said, this is what... He <laughs> said, yeah, color, but this, this is what, what colorblind, colorblind people sees. see when you post that. So there's your yeah, but guy. I'm not gonna I feel a little bit more sympathy for him than my I'm yeah, but I'm not going to hate on him. I mean, I, he makes a point, and his suggestion was maybe use symbols as well. You know, you can use X's and O's and stuff. And you, look, <laughs> I passed his suggestion off to the right people. However... Uh, people who are colorblind do a lot of that because they were complaining about the um, the color rush game a couple years ago yeah. when it was Bills versus Jets. So it's, it's you know it's something that people have to consider. The red versus green was like gray on gray, I guess. Right, colorblind. I mean, it's not the same problem for like traffic lights, though. I mean, how do they deal with that? I'm, I'm not touching this at all. Um, you, he said, yeah, but to me, I passed on his feedback, and we're going to leave it at that. Your okay. guy. That says, yeah, buddy got tossed at the end 15 yards down the field after the play's over is stupid. Yes. How many people, by the way, are colorblind? Have I just pissed off like 35%? Yeah, there's a lot, which is why I'm treading lightly. It's it's mostly men, Uh if not all men, and our podcast is 99% men. How many people have I just pissed off? Like 10% of our audience. 10%? Okay. At least 100,000 people. I mean, 10%. There's millions and millions of people listening to us. 10% is probably within the margins of how many I piss off just on a regular podcast. So. That's that's okay, I think. As All long as we're not up towards you know twenty five plus. Oh God! Send your complaints to at pff underscore sam. Don't be afraid to unfollow him, so I can get back within five thousand followers of the Dude, great Sam. If ten thousand, if ten percent of my followers unfollow me, you'll be right there again. Yes. If you're colorblind, please unfollow at pff underscore sam. Make sure you're following me at pff yeah. underscore steve, and don't worry, we'll make up for it. Make up for whatever you lose with Sam. Sound good? Sure. That'll do it. Everybody enjoy week six, of course. The only way to fully enjoy it is to go to profootballfocus.com. Have your PFF Elite package up and ready to go because you get premium stats and you get green line. Everything you need. You get all your fantasy fun. Our guys are loving all of our fantasy data. That's why I dominate my leagues and I'm still undefeated. Nobody wants to hear it. Everybody wants to hear it. Dominating. All right, guys. Week six. Enjoy it. We'll be back Monday with the weekly recap. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did go check out kyler murray and his nfl debut that's my favorite thing about nfl game pass you can go back and watch at any time and if you haven't watched a condensed game yet you have to try it out it's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire nfl game in the fraction of the time it normally takes it's how i'm able to follow all the mvp candidates all the breakout stars and of course your waiver wire pickups all season long to see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.